0: what's up guys welcome back to the two summoners podcast i'm here with Corvy. no intro song today because i don't feel like it but Corvy, how you doing man it's been a hot minute
1: yeah it has been we've had a couple of weeks of uh rain check last week hysterics literally forgot yes that's that is <laughs> so. the downside like we we had it all planned we were literally
0: in call waiting and he was literally live streaming but that's okay so guys Guest today we have Hysterics cast, the LPL shoutcaster. I know he's about to fly over to China, I think like tomorrow to be casting the finals. So we're very excited. We're gonna get talking to him. We're gonna check in with him right now. Let's go have a check have a chat.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> well, we're back, guys. After that literal microsecond of a pause, uh, we have hysterics here joining us on the Two Summoners podcast, mate. Welcome. We finally got you on.
2: Yeah, true. I mean, I feel like it was last week that was my fault because I didn't show up at all. And <laughs> before that, I think there was a, a change in plan. So yeah, I'm... it was
1: literally me. I couldn't make it.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> right, Look, to be fair, you know, now we're one apiece. So if I miss this, I'd be in uh, deep
0: water. <laughs> so, so we've learned from this is that uh, hysterics can be a little forgetful. Corby just bails. I'm just flaky. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and Pike's just hella <laughs> consistent. So I'm okay with this.
2: <laughs> oh, man! Don't um, worry, boys. Uh, happens to the best of us.
0: That's yeah. it. Um. Historics, first off, we like to get guests on just to talk about yourself. Tell us about you, your beginnings, uh, where you've come from to where you are now. Um, We just want the viewers to know who you are.
2: Yeah, it's been a long journey. Um, If anyone doesn't watch LPL or the English broadcast of the Chinese League, um, I've been there for about five years as a League of Legends shoutcaster, like eight years deep or nine years in total in the scene. Uh, Started in Challenger Series, worked my way up, did a couple of promo tournaments for OPL back in the day. And then, yeah, I uh, got picked up by Raz and crew in 2019, lived in China for a couple of years, and then due to COVID, came back and then have been working remote, like the rest of our broadcast, for a solid two years. Uh, I think, yeah, it's coming up on two years since we had to go remote. Damn, so, yeah. dude.
1: Eight years. So it's like, you're pretty young, huh? <laughs> Into the scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, for, for esports, it's old, but like any other career, people be like, oh, yeah, you know, you've been in it for a bit, but it's not that impressive you know it's not like oh he's tenured um you know,
1: yeah what you're waiting yeah. for tenure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> waiting for like oh the 15 year mark with like oh he's he's a classic he's been a, he knows
1: everything about the scene right if we yeah. really think about that when did the league start like 2010 yeah yeah, and you've, been yeah. There for eight, you've been there for well over the majority of the time
2: <laughs> true i mean i started casting i think season what was 2015 season five Season five yeah yeah, yeah. So the start of season five in ocs with rusty that was like the first cast um and then yeah like it was back and forth from there so yeah i, I guess now definitely for the majority of league uh yeah it's a good point actually i didn't even think about that <laughs> oh, really? that's
0: actually <laughs> hectic like when you put the numbers to it like holy oh, shit.
2: crap yeah that's insane that's <laughs> actually great thanks guys yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, yourself, i <laughs> a, i mean, I'll hair hair go <laughs>
0: So um I guess the next thing we like to sort of oh, we want to talk about is like how did you get into gaming like do you remember the first time mm. you you played growing up like what was the major game that got you into esports and gaming?
2: It's crazy because when people talk to me about this like I used to hate mobas like I hated mobas I was like I, I don't find it interesting even when Warcraft three was around like I didn't play Dota um I literally like avoided it I played tower defenses and I played like you know RPGs within Warcraft three um anything but but um uh, but Battle Arena's right or uh, MOBAs and so what got me into League was like our friends were playing it in high school and so I was like yeah okay I'll, I'll play with you guys you know season two season three I think it was um and I enjoyed it because of them but I would still be playing things like MapleStory I'd still be playing like any other RPGs like you know Guild Wars man I, I, I oh, was Guild rude. Like, dude I was the richest person in MapleStory at one point just gonna say that um <laughs> oh. okay. hey but then I got hacked so that that (laughs) happened (laughs) uh but like I had no interest in League whatsoever and then I started playing with friends and that built an interest uh but like it was only until I kind of got involved in the community and more so like got the casting gig that I really took up like oh my god this could be a career this could be something Mm. and it grew my interest from there now like my obsession and my thousands and thousands of hours that have spent on the game so yeah I, I guess like I started playing games since I was maybe five six years old with a, a Nintendo 64 uh Super Mario Bye, man. Uh, Mario 64 like first ever game one of the best ever games um and now by the way tangent you can buy it on switch yeah because they've got that Mario Sunshine and Galaxy
1: is it not it's not the same. You can't do, like, LBJs and there's really cool jump things where you glitch up. No. Oh, really? oh did they patch it? They patched I, it? They actually patched it. Oh so my speedrun God. I speedrun the game. I run it in my, like, own time and on stream. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't do it on Switch. So it's like, I tried to play it and I just looked like a big sticker doing it for, like, half an hour. Oh, dude,
2: what the... F- <laughs> I, I can't believe they patched something like that. It's, it's so old, we just leave it in. It's um, core cool to the game, anyway. Yeah. No, but, uh, like, I get it. But, like, that was you know that game is an OG it's how I started gaming a Nintendo 64 given to my sister she didn't play it I sat there for days in a row got a Game Boy from then because my parents like oh he likes gaming um and then the rest is history right Mm -hmm. computer dial-up RuneScape all that kind of jazz it led me to where I am now like I've just been a nerd for the as long as I can remember
1: Very similar like games that you play, like I played Warcraft 3, all the custom like scenarios. I played RuneScape. I started on 64 as well. Dude, we have a very similar upbreak, except I found League of Legends through watching a peanut butter gamer video. And at the end of it, he said, Oh, I'm on my like seventh game of league. And I'm like, I wonder what this is. And then I looked it up. And I was the guy that introduced it to my friends at high school and ruined their lives. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's that's crazy. I
2: mean, again, it's it's a game that just seeps its way in. Like, I looked up
1: LOL on Google, and that's how I found it.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> and it didn't come up with laugh out loud. It no, came, it came up, up with, with of legends. That's yeah, <laughs> changed now. <laughs> <laughs> God of those days. Hot damn! Mm.
0: I won't tell you where I started because I actually started before all of you. Funnily enough.
1: Oh yeah. What huh? what
0: came before the Nintendo sixty four? If you know this, nes Nintendo. or something. What was that?
1: The NES, Super Nintendo, yeah. Nah. Were you talking about Atari?
0: St- I played on Atari, but a, a Sega. Se- I was going uh, Yeah. I dude, Nintendo the, Nintendo. dude, I played uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega, and I fucking loved that shit. And me and my brother were obsessed. I was like five. I was like young. I don't remember half that shit, but I was like, yeah, I love that. And that got it me was. into it. So I'm, I feel like a massive boomer.
1: I was never a Sonic head. I don't know why. You weren't playing Sega, I played man. it... I played it at daycare. I remember, like, <laughs> primary school
2: daycare. They had a, a Sega, and that—that that was where I ended up playing it. I'm like, dude, I played video. I'm, this is a bagger. Yeah, Sonic was the only game I played.
0: I'm so fucking old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, wait, wait, hysterics. How old are you? I'm 28. I'm not that Five. bad. One year older than me. Oh wait, Pike's oldest again. He's 31.
0: No, I'm 29.
1: <laughs> oh well, you're not that bad. Uh, he's dude, like, I literally 40. played.
0: I
2: played it when I was like six. You know, at daycare, right? We're not I'm not twelve and going to daycare. I'm not that
1: I'm not i not that know. young. I still go oh, to daycare.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's
1: <laughs> <quite my workplace. laughs> oh fair. So how did you go from playing league to like wanting to comment it? And what was your first commenting gig? Um first one was Challenger series. So first one was in the deep end. Oh where, really? Wow. Yeah,
2: there's a there's a bad story about my headset almost falling off. Like if you find there's a VOD out there from twenty fifteen with Rusty where the headset is like falling down because the cable the cable was caught um every esl caster every a-tier caster in australia knows the story because like i don't know at the time it was just big news where i I was so nervous and it was my second day in and the cable was stuck under my stool and i was moving a little bit but it was like i I didn't have the confidence to move the headset like now i just laugh and i'll be like oh what's going on but back then i was like trying to cast with everything in my in my body and I was so nervous. I didn't touch it. You know, headset kept falling down. Um, and that was 2015. It's a horrible story to go with my first ever casting gig, which, you know, after that, there was a bit of a gap. But I had a video out on YouTube in 2014, October, mm-hmm. solo casting. Uh, you know, solo casting a Blitzcrank called Fist Me or something like that. Like, really inappropriate Good name. name. Good name. And I mean, it is a great name for, for Blitzcrank. <laughs> but um, but the, the the point of the story was like, I had a friend who found a forum post who was like, hey, you should apply for this because, you know, we used to do community radio together. And from there, I found the forum post, which was Pastry Time putting it out, and applied for it with this random solo cast I did, and they were interested. And then I went through an interview process, cast with Pastry Time as a test, and then uh, went to the second round of interviews for the OCS producer, which was Benji at the time, and then cast in front of him. And, yeah, and then got the gig for... I guess, a split um, with Rusty.
1: That's oh, yeah. such a random, okay. like, step into the... Did you do any casting besides this random Blitzcrank game? Or was no. it just like this one-off One-off. One-off. And I was just like, you know,
2: just sh- shoutcast. I don't know why. It was just called a random shoutcast video. Um, I still I still have it somewhere. Like, it still exists. But, yeah. I'm tr- trying to see if I can find it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's still out there. It's, I think it's uh, not linked. Like, it's private but I've never deleted it because I'm like, oh man, it's crazy that I started from this one video.
0: Far out. That's actually like that process as well was just such a short... Just also the times have changed. If we mm. can talk about that, like that is hectic that it went from literally one VOD, one VOD into, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to like a challenger series. And here's me and Corvie like, oh yeah, yeah, now we got this. And just every, every little door, every little obstacles in our way more yeah. for me more cool. but it's it's
2: just time like I was in the right time at the right place yeah. the scene wasn't very saturated you had Atlas spawn uh pastry Papa Smithy mm. and I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone there uh, apologies if I am I don't think fish was in the scene back then but like you you had limited amount of casters they couldn't do challenger series because they they're already doing like OPL at the time which was three to four days a week everyone was working every day kind of like the LCK situation at the moment so they just needed casters. And again, you know, like I talk about this in, in my Patreon. I talk about this in, you know, people who uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Like a lot of casting and getting big gigs is being in the right time and the right place. And the only thing we can do is influence that by being ready. You know, I was hap- I happened to be ready with a random video that I thought was garbage, but it was good enough to get their attention and get me the gig that led to the career I have now.
0: Yeah, shameless plug as well. We're gonna shout out Hysterics Patreon and his stream and everything. <laughs> well. yeah. Guys, go watch the LPL the finals as well. I know he's gonna be kicking ass over in China. But yeah, go go hit up his Patreon. I was, uh, you know what? I'll say it. I was his first tier one client because I was like, you know you what? Were. I gotta learn from the best. Tier three, tier three. If we got my Twitch
2: standards, yeah, you're not, three. you're not no, tier one, Andy. You, nah, you fucking went all the way. basic,
0: bitch. I ain't that level. I'm going hard. So guys, go get it up. He's got some really good stuff. I can honestly say from my own experience, fantastic coaching. I've already learned so much. I might actually as well. I haven't told you, so, I might have picked up yeah. another gig as well, which is huge oh, yeah. already. Just because I was like, I met some good people. I was like, Hey, Good. Let's do it. But that's—it's not about me. It's about you. That's so we're gonna—we're gonna quickly move on. No, no, that's that. what I want
2: to hear. I mean, that means it's a success story. It ain't no pyramid scheme, you know. It's yeah. no <laughs> so that's good news. Yeah. Great yeah, he news,
1: just bro. needs to refer like three or four people, and then he gets yeah. another gig, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, now that you say that, I'll give you a free month. With everyone you bring in, shit.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not hard. Talk, not a pyramid scheme, by the way. So, Corby,
0: uh, you got some money. I've got a really good opportunity for you. Man, <laughs> <No>, I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, what what inspired you to focus on uh, PvP, so play-by-play, uh, as a role in casting?
2: Okay, I knew nothing about the game. That was the first thing. Um, I worked in community radio before. I wanted to go into an entertainment background. Like, before casting, my goal was, how do I make it in film? How do I make it as an actor or in television, as a presenter, like that's what I wanted to do or in radio, right. I was like, you know, the uh, entertaining arts is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, well, you know, I am a presenter. And as soon as I got in the role, I'm like, well, I'm definitely not the person who can sit down and study. Like I, you know, got a 52 ATAR for those in Australia that know, like I even tried for that, but I didn't get really any band fives I don't think in the HSC in the you know year 12 graduation I did rubbish and you know like I can't really study like some things I can and put in the effort as with play play you still have to but like it's more focused about the craft and that's my interest and in, like mm. how to present the craft um it's more entertaining as well who doesn't want to be the person who shouts and yeah. gets on all the highlight reels like there is some kind of a narcissistic element to it where it's like your face and your voice yeah. front and center because you're on all the highlight reels you, you know color casters don't really make him unless they have crazy moments or, or fun moments like you know kobe for is for example for his personality makes highlight reels but mm. not many colors do True. so i wanted to yeah i wanted to also be heard i
1: guess want to be a play-by-play caster just because you wanted to be, like, in the right, areas. So. I just yeah. want to be the center of attention. Yeah. Yeah, I just I didn't want everything <laughs> to be about me. That's right. That's
2: why. That's the true reason. That's, That's hysterical. <laughs> oh, no. Stop. God. It's my well, I show. I can before. say
0: whatever the fuck I want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true.
0: I'll hit you all with the dirty dad puns.
1: <laughs> How did you go from uh, doing League of Legends kind of, like, OCS OPL stuff rather and getting into LPL how did that happen um so
2: I I I guess the the context is after Oceanic Challenger series my first gig within Riot um I didn't actually get another Challenger series I think they chose to use Rogi instead later in the year uh who's now no longer a caster and so essentially I was like okay I don't have this gig um the only other thing available at the time was open ladder when it existed And ESL was running at the time back before they were called ESL Australia and were called ACL. Um, And it was like Nick Vanzetti, uh, you know, and about five other blokes who are still there. Well, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure all of them are still there, uh, who are now like running the show. Um, They were there in a small office uh, somewhere out in inner west in, in Sydney. And like I went there every Sunday to cast for nothing. Because me and Mendrix, uh, who also was a caster and did a bit of OPL, uh, wanted to do, you know, League of Legends, wanted to cast more. So I I found him, I hired him in, and we worked on, you know, casting together. Uh, And then come 2016, I think ACL either picked up OCS or I got some kind of gigs there again. Mm. Uh, So I continued doing League of Legends and that was cool. 2017, same deal. I started picking up other gigs. Like I think I started working for Throwdown TV because I was getting out there and, um, I was getting involved with the community. Um, and I started doing other games and then after building up connections and gigs for three years, come 2018, my last year before China, before I would unknowingly get this gig, um, I went freelance. Like I stopped working at a restaurant, which is what I was doing at the time. Like I was a floor manager, um, for a family restaurant. Um, you know, running like 15, 20 staff who were all older than me and probably thought I was a snot-nosed little shit. You know, (laughs) 21 years old, like, calling the shots. Uh, But I I quit that. And then I started doing, you know, like, I balanced my time between doing Challenger Series, doing promo tournament. This was within Riot again um, with T-Gun. I was working Rocket League for Gfinity, also for Throwdown. Uh, Then I was doing World of Tanks with ESL. Like, I was working every major brand or major organization within australia because i built up connections and um i you know did a good job i guess uh, no matter what i did i even did supercar e-series with chad Nalen, who is the current like um what is the bloody race whenever the mount panorama comes around he does bathurst so he's one of the main commentators for for um supercars Mm -hmm. um and and so, yeah, I got to work with amazing people and I got to do all these different kind of gigs that I'd never expect to do, work strange games. And uh, and then I had all this built up reputation and, and how to cast with like different games and different commentators, a lot of experience. I had a show reel going, uh, mainly just for League of Legends, but I still, you know, showed it to other people and they were impressed. Uh, and then LPL was looking for talent. And, you know, I had already messaged Raz in 2017. I think I was telling you this the other day, Pike, yeah. or at least or a video. I messaged Raz 2017 and he was like, you know, are you going to work on this? Blah, 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 blah. Then I sent him a, an email the next year uh, in 2018, after I got a little bit more shows under my belt and was like, Hey, look at this. Like this is, you know, I've worked on your feedback. Can you give me any more, uh, so on and so forth. And he was happy with the growth and he's like, actually, you know, like, I don't think you t- he told me, felt me was going to start hiring, but he kind of had me in mind. And from there, then you know, LPL had an opportunity that came up. They're actually looking for two play by plays. Little did I know, because the whole team collapsed, um, and I, I got to go over. So, I got to you know be there play by play, and I had to solo cast or not solo cast. I had to cast with Raz and Clement like nonstop, four or five days a week because the other play by play hurt his throat. Um, so in LPL, like I was just doing nonstop, full on the grind. So. Yeah, a bit of a right place, right time, but also connections that I was just doing the right things to be noticed and to kind of practice and be active in the scene that in Australia, if you asked anyone, they'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll use hysterics," And it still benefits me now. I still get gigs. Like I got LCO grand finals, even though I have no yeah. involvement with LCO, um, you know, like for, for Split One when they're at with Dreamhack. So it's like, it still benefits me now because I did the hard work and I, I ran a long distance. Oh, True. Before I oh know it's a massive monologue. Before the other important thing is I also ran tape around Lunar Park finals in twenty fifteen and then Brisbane twenty sixteen OPL finals for both. Um I literally did an eighty hour week of picking people up from the airport and running tape for cables so that people who came to Lunar Park for the big finals I don't know if you guys were there, but it was no. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a bag. That's all right. It was now eight years no, yeah, eight years ago. So I also did some groundwork for ESL. Another reason why I feel like I have a good reputation and mm. good standing with them.
1: True, damn. Yeah, no, uh, you're right. That was a, a very insanely long monologue. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that much work in sorry. your off time. No, don't be, sorry. It's, uh, so you were working with your family, quit working with your family, basically casted every single game you could get your hands on, did yeah. your whole body of work. Yep. Never stopped grinding, always mm. continuously improving. Took people's advice under your wing and like a year later or continuously just kept in the DMs with people that like, oh, I'm, I'm still keen. I'm still looking. I'm still grinding. I'm still learning. Yeah, and that's a, it, it, you may say right place, right time. You may say I was extremely lucky, but man, uh, there's nothing lucky about grinding in your own time. <laughs> Even not doing games that, oh, I'm interested in casting league or like I have experience in doing league you you went out your way and you started like flexing that broadcasting muscle in other other areas too you you have to
2: in OCA like yeah even now even more more so now than ever I think because like Oceania still feels like it actually to me it feels like it's in a worse spot than it was in 2015 2016 because like at least there were other companies vying and trying to you know verse ESL like throwdown existed you know, I guess cyber gaming had more involvement in within OCE now. it's It runs a lot of its stuff. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it runs a lot of its stuff out of New Zealand. Uh, remote as well. I, I should probably get my facts straight. But, dude, it, it feels like OCE is in a, in a strange spot where there's actually a lot of casters now who are at the A tier level. And there's a lot of people who want to get into the top spots, but there's not enough work. So I think it's an even worse spot than it was all those years ago. Like, you have to be a multi-game caster if you want to make any money uh, out of casting. Rocket League's still huge. Yeah. True. But is there enough work? No.
0: No. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's not, not because they're all filled. It's all filled. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Valor yeah, well, is, exactly is the one. next
0: big one, if I'm being perfectly honest. in you know, is There's not many good Valorant casters, but it's also one of those games that's so hard to be a good caster because it's basically a conversation. Rounds are so short
1: yeah yeah, but it's like it's only through the one one company though it's all there's no you're right there's no one really like fighting for for like oh yeah this group of casters belong to this org right and then there's not another organization coming in and picking up a whole new like brand of people doing a different kind of thing so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. once you're in the the one area or like the one group I feel like they'll cover all the games that they're doing kind of thing
2: but there is still like You know, for up and coming casters, I've said this to many people, like they can still get booted out. Like they have to maintain their craft and products and organizations are always interested in new talent, new flavor, or at least they should be. Because if I was a product owner, I'd always be looking to be like, okay, what can we add to the broadcast? Can we expand it? Can we go in a different direction? Like, what can we do? And I know there's not much money around, but like those people maintain those jobs because they work hard at those jobs. You know, I... I've been on um, Ivory Tower, the podcast with Elfish Guy. He talks about the Ivory Tower where, <laughs> like, you know, Max, Elfish Guy, those guys at ESL who do, you know, they'll do all the Valorant. They'll do, you know, some of them do bloody Rocket League now, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, I'm not sure to what degree. Maybe they don't. But still, like, they maintain top jobs because they, they put in the effort to maintain the top jobs. They deserve it. Mm. Um, that, that's why they're there.
1: Yeah, true. And that brings us on to our next point. What do you do to hone your uh, skills in in casting? And what do you do to continuously work on it?
2: I mean, essentially, like, what I'm doing with Patreon is, you know, I'm not going to lie and say there's no benefit for me because teaching also betters your craft at the same time. Like, you you have to know what you're saying and you can't just throw out Boulder Dash. Like, you actually have to have some content that you abide by because the best teachers in the world are the teachers that have done what they're teaching. Like... Mm. The school systems across the world and, you know, Australia as well, a lot of them will teach things like, I remember high school teachers talking about teaching things, but they haven't actually done what they've taught or what they are teaching. So I think the biggest thing is like teachers who have gone through the process that they're they're teaching by is is first of all, always a benefit for those getting taught, but also for the teacher to continue honing their own skills as well. If that makes sense. Hmm. Um, so teachings, one aspect, uh, leading a team, like I, I lead the LPL team, uh, everyone's freelance. So essentially like there's not much in it for me, uh, in terms of, in that regard, but like listening to everyone and making sure everyone's on point, uh, is another element of like, like overseeing and making sure that the broadcast is quality, um, is another way that I continue honing the craft. But outside of that, I mean things like reviews. Like I'll review over my work. Like I'll I'll sit and watch my vods. I'll be like, okay, how am I feeling about this thing? I wanted to work on my energy because I felt like I wasn't hitting it. Like you know, my ramp up in the, in these team fights haven't been good. So how have I been hitting that? It's a lot more fast and loose because I'm doing remote broadcast. It is easier when you're in studio and you can separate work from home. But right now I'm like, you know, it it feels a little bit more lax than I'm used to. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I stay relevant by, you know, like when I do cast three or t- four times a week, I make sure that, you know, I'm at least looking back on some of the VODs and reviewing and seeing what people said. Um, you know, I look at Reddit because I'm like, well, is anyone got a problem with the casting? Is it valid? Does it help me? Mm. And is there anything I can do about it? So still a lot of a lot of reviewing while it might not be as technical.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. I guess in, in regards to that sort of watching and listening to what people say and all that sort of stuff, um, but people who are looking to be up-and-comers, and it's probably a good question for myself to ask you, but I sort of, I think you've already given me the answer a couple of times. Um, what specific skills do you think are essential for someone aspiring to become a top-tier commentator in esports?
2: Yeah, voice is first one. I always tell people, like, work on voice. And I don't mean by changing your voice. Like, there is a sad reality out there that there's a small percentage of people who, like, maybe their voice is is not meant for broadcast, right? That sounds really harsh. And in this day and age, people would be like, oh, well, you know, and I I do truly believe that anyone can do it, but then you have to kind of change your voice. And if you're happy to do that, then okay, then I guess disregard the feedback. But uh, I think you have to be who you are, right? And that means being your voice. I got lucky with my voice. Like, you guys got lucky with your voices. You know, you got broadcast voices, right? Um, And that can... You know, people can change their definition of what a broadcast voice is. Mm. However, uh, I think outside of that harsh reality, you know, I do believe anyone can do it. And working on your voice is a great way to start. Uh, a lot of diaphragm work is is a mm. perfect way getting either a voice coach for a short period of time or looking up uh, voice exercises that I share. I've shared to you, Pike, and share on the Patreon. Um, there's some really, really good exercise that will help you enunciate better, uh, project more and use your breathing as a tool to improve how you use your speech. I think that cannot be understated.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, and then outside of that, I would say like preparation, like if, you know, people want to be a cast like come in prepared, the amount of people that could go into a broadcast and aren't prepared with stories or who they're commentating about. And they really want to make it in, in the industry always astounds me because like, you know, I'll watch some broadcasts and I'll be like, dude, there's nothing about these players who, you know, on a 40 something view broadcast, who are up and comers it's like how can people tune in and become loyal to a show when they don't even know who's being commentated on it's just mm. you know that the audience makes their story because they might know this guy but it's like telling a story makes not only players loyal to you but viewers loyal to you i think it's something that aspiring broadcasters should look at i mean mm-hmm. I, I could go through a whole list of like i think people could you know like they, they could network better um they could look at casters and they could do their own vod reviews they could you know find a duo partner someone who's really going to lift them up and that'll help them that's what I did I found someone who I cast with for three years in a professional environment eventually because we went through open ladder together you know like mm. uh, I, I guess the list could go on forever but I feel like those are some of the most important where you just you grind it out but you're also working smarter not harder mm. if that makes sense well
0: definitely True
1: lots of uh lots of like grinding what do you mean like diaphragm work and breathing work how can how can i make my breathing this is interesting because i think i have the most annoying voice in the world
0: tier one on the patreon mate (laughs) okay okay. Uh, well (laughs) without any
1: (laughs) (laughs) spoilers what is uh what's some like breathing work that i or anyone listening could do just like cheeky example the easiest one is like lying flat down and
2: feeling like having your hand on your stomach like just on on your belly um, and just feeling your deep breath. Because a lot of people, when they breathe, you'll notice, like, if you see someone breathing with their shoulders, like, it's it's a very shallow breath. Oh, like, I'm so conscious on how I'm breathing now. But when you breathe, change, like... Man. When you breathe, mm. like... I, and I, I've actually changed how I... Because I, I'm not sure if I used to do shallow breathing. And this is something singers work on, by the way, as well. Yeah. Really important. Because you'd, yeah, cause you... Yeah. Because you can't... At least for singers, you can't, like... Work with your head voice all the time. There's a lot of singers that go into the falsetto and they, they use their head voice, um, which is fine. But like when you're singing, like you need proper diaphragmatic breathing because you get so much more when you have a deeper breath, right? Mm. And feeling your, the air going to, into your belly and back out with deep breathing is a great way to start. So <laughs> I hope that... Without feeling it in your chest or your shoulders, I mean, yeah. like pl- well,
0: this is well, uh, Corby, just, Corby. Let me. Tell I'm just you breathing my... straight here. Okay, <laughs> let me let me tell you what I've learned because I literally just finished reading the book on how to breathe properly True. that we haven't been able to do. <laughs> me, from when us. I need to read a book on how to breathe. Dude, no, honestly, this book is so good. Like I read it so quick, I was just like, "This is just and so exciting to read." But no, five point five seconds in, five point five seconds out, no break in between. So don't hold your breath or hold it at the end that is the ultimate breathing time no no honestly and you breathe through your nose out through your mouth and you cycle that you do that for about i think they said if you do 30 cycles of that you'll actually Mm. notice um that you're breathing longer it it makes you taller it reduces your bone structure it actually makes your face skinnier so my face has actually changed in the last probably five weeks just from breathing better like my face has gotten skinnier don't worry about the beard. I can shave that off and I've actually got a jawline again. But because breathing, I'm not mouth breathing anymore. Mouth breathing yep. is the, the main reason why people oh, snore. it's so bad. Uh, it bloody like gives you all sorts of... If you have a small mouth, it fucks with your eating habits. Everything, man. Breathing is just so hectic. And now that I've started doing proper breathing... It's changed how I cast. It changed how I pre- present. Pre- changes how I pre- project and everything. It's nuts. It's actually- a go- I've
1: never enjoy. been more self-conscious in my entire life. <laughs> no, no. Everyone <laughs> out there now probably it. just like, it's like oh, shit, that, how am I breathing? breathing? I'm like, yeah, okay. No, you'll, not through my mouth.
2: You'll sleep better as well. Like, it is a yeah. big thing. Like, I'm Morning. going through sleep, sleep problems and like, you know, I'm, I'm doing something about that. But the first thing they were like, oh, you know, you do more- nasal breathing like it will change your face you know it'll change your face structure um you'll notice yeah actually a thing it it'll also actually changes the you... shape of your jaw yep
0: it's crazy it's a um, thing they also say if you have sleep apnea or snore a lot just real random side tangent um but go to a doctor and consult them first, but tape your mouth shut and it forces, you, it forces you to nose breathe and people have literally done it over the space of a week and it's changed their entire life and they lose sleep apnea. They don't snore anymore because their tongue's not rolling into the back of their mouth. Fun. I'll fact, be having some wild like doctor you <laughs> take Papa Pike's advice as actual fact. Consult a doctor. People have Have died from typing up their their mouth. Not even kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hell
1: Hell yeah, I'm going to do it.
0: (laughs) Papa Pike tried it once and Papa Pike lasted 10 minutes.
1: But that's also- Steers back back on the tracks. Could you share any notable experiences uh, from your career as a commentator? What sticks out? Uh, Rift Rivals 2019.
2: First international event. Only international event so far. If you want to count it like it was Asia, but it was still like it was in Korea. I, at the time, like this was in spring, right? So it was after the spring split. I just did my first LPL split mm. and then I I got this and like, I think one LPL caster pulled out. So they used me as a play-by-play. So I got over, I got to go over and like, you know, see Atlas again. Um, I got to, you know, I didn't actually properly meet Papa Smithy. I don't think, or maybe I did once or twice, but it wasn't like a decent meeting because it, I think it was just a hello. Uh, but i actually got to go over there and cast with him i opened riff rivals for 2019 and that was insane like you know casting with him as well someone who at the time he was at the peak of his career like remember he was doing he did worlds that year in finals like i'm pretty sure he finished either 2020 or 2021 mm. and went over to na um but the guy like was so good to cast with uh, and mm. made it so easy like even mm. atlas said he's like the best thing about papa smithy is you don't feel like you're casting you're literally just on a journey and you know papa will take you there so <laughs> I, I i got that experience it was legendary and it opened my horizons of like casters um i also had an opportunity to cast with ls unfortunately he was sick so i didn't actually get that in the end uh end up casting with raz but like yeah one of my most uh one of my favorite calls like or at least uh favorite moments of like the faker azir flank that even though it was riff rivals yeah. as a tournament was you know one of my best calls and I yeah, I I relish the opportunity to like reference it or like talk to people about it because it was such a cool tournament with IG versus SKT mm. really headlining the end of the group stage. And um even though I think Korea won, it was still like yeah, it was just such a cool experience seeing LPL versus LCK top-tier gameplay and like a, a taste of again, you know, we won LPL won worlds that year, but like you know, just seeing the two regions battling it out was was some of the best gameplay I've seen. For it's also, a tournament that's not even main. You know, they, yeah. they took it seriously.
1: It's also always dope just seeing, like, an Aussie boy up there doing stuff. Yeah. So that was mad. I, I really enjoy that. It's oh, just, I, like, I enjoyed I Rusty when he went, went as well. But, like, True. these days, how do you, how do you uh, like, take that step now as a LPL or as a, uh, for Rusty, an LCO caster? How do you think we get that step onto, onto the world stage again? I mean, like,
2: like, ultimately, it's a hard question to answer because, you know, you've got to be, I I mean, I feel like you've got to be something special, right place, right time comes into it, um, you know, because there's always going to be things like budget costs that might be, you know, relevant, Um, not speaking from an understanding. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm speaking from speculation, right? Like, this is just me having a guess, like, none of this is um, anything I know, 100%, but at the end of the day, like, you know, Riot is a business and naturally, like, you know, it's, as a business, you've got to think about costs of flying cars over. How long are they staying? Um, are there visas that they have to, you know, acquire as well? Like, I think budgeting is a big deal. Um, but I also think like credibility within, not only from your talent lead, uh, not talent lead, product owner, like for me, uh, my product owner, you know, speaks highly of me to anyone who asks internationally um so he has my back that's you know it's a big deal um but also it's like well how relevant are you within the landscape of teams you know lpl sends four teams and you know majority of the time three out of four make knockouts you know make the top eight Uh, maybe sometimes you know four out of four uh like lco for example they can't even get past PCS. i know that's harsh but it's the truth you know last last split that was the first taste of it but it was such a big gap where We're looking optimistically with the quality of Bliss and Chiefs and their learnings from last split, but it's still like, are they going to get through the first round? Are they going to win more than a single game within four series? Um, So I guess it's also relevancy of the teams that, you know, you would be accompanying and what value you can add. Like Rusty's great, you know, and it's a shame that in the past he hasn't gone to Worlds again or we haven't seen, you know, other LCO talent members um, find their place. But, you know, you have to remember as well, like, there's a lot of talent across premier regions and naturally premier regions have more viewers those casters have more of a fan base more of a brand base they're gonna they're gonna get picked first of course they are they Mm. they are in desire by, by the fans and if they weren't there people would be upset you imagine like you know you think about it well if they have to substitute someone out for rusty it's like what color would you pick and would it be acceptable like to the fans and you know? True. The
1: only time you can know. draw that straw is if it was like his region playing kind of thing, you know, because like that extra insight is the only reason why you can pull yeah. them. So Chiefs just need to go worlds. <laughs> just need
0: to go worlds.
2: I, yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard because again, like if if everyone could get a worlds, I, I feel like you know everyone who is a pretty pretty much everyone who's a caster in a major region or on a um, on a broadcast that I watch, you know, should go. But like, worlds not fair, right? You know, I missed out sure. on the opportunity for a while. And for me, you know, I just have to like put my head down and be like, okay, well, I've got to, you know, suck it up and be better. Like, that's the harsh reality of it. Yeah. Mm.
0: Oh, so true. Okay. I well, pressure. I think let's, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's steer the conversation in a different direction, right? Let's talk about gotcha. your time on Vertex. Oh, yeah. Um, I, we want to know, like, what was your role in Vertex? Like, we know we heard from like the coach, we heard from um, like a bunch of people actually. Let, let's hmm. talk, tell us in your words what you were doing with Vertex.
2: Um, so the the funniest thing was, first of all, like, I think it was our matchup versus, um, mm-hmm. where like, you know, the casters were like, oh, this direct draft direction from hysterics, like, oh, not sure about this or whatever. And I just thought, dude, styled is getting absolutely like looked over. Uh, so for first context, styled was what I would call a head coach. Uh, he did all the drafting. Um, there was Medica who was an analyst who, you know, had some input there and then there's me, who was the performance coach slash assistant coach, who also had some input in draft. Now, what I mean by that is like, you know, I'll question things. I'll, I'll look to be like, I'll be challenging to make sure that, you know, style's really pushing because it's great for him as a coach to make sure that he's not just getting yes men. It's about people who can mm. um, help and support him in the way of like, hey, why are we doing this? What are we doing this for? Hey, this is open. Have we not thought about this? Um, <laughs> excuse me, but comms in. In draft, for example, would be like 95% him from a, a coaching standpoint. Oh, sorry, 90% him, 5% me, 5% Medica. Um, sometimes maybe me 10%, sometimes Medica 10%. It, it just depends. Like we're a side voice. So I was performance coach and I essentially looked after the players' needs. Like, you know, are they sleeping well? Are they, you know, are they looking after their health in terms of food? What's their exercise like? Like literally like a, a, a father. Um, because my goal was to make sure that they're performing outside of League of Legends at their peak, like doing everything they can to support their healthy, to support a healthy lifestyle, so that the, when they get on the Rift, they can they can focus on that and they perform at their peak. Um, you know, mentally and physically, these guys are ready to go. Um, and I'd also look at like what they're striving for in Solo Queue, a little bit of skill based, and you know what they should be learning, and like you know, hey, talk to style about this. I think right now we should be playing you know, Cassante flex, like that should be an option. So how can we do that? How can we utilize that? So it was like a, it was like a very mixed role, but uh, mainly about 80% of the role was looking after the players. 20% was having an impact in drafts or games or scrims. Like, you know, being like, Hey, we're not talking. Like, what are we doing here? How are we setting up for mid game? We're not talking about the composition. What does it look like? How do we run into this team? Um, So yeah, it was just like an overseeing role to support styled as 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 best i could
1: yeah i remember in our uh interview with styled, we were chatting about you quite a bit and he said that you used to come in between games in the call and you used to do these huge hype up things for the boys you had these huge speeches what were they like man oh i mean i i so first of all
2: thomasino hadn't heard of biggie smalls and i was like what the (laughs) fuck like this generation man what's going on so i used to for game days and especially during playoffs like i'd give um Towards the end, I'd give like YouTube videos like this is our song for the day, um Thomas the Tank Engine remix with Biggie Smalls, oh, a classic. You said that one exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just like, yeah, this is it. I'm like, you guys, I'm like, you're fucking better than them. You know, this is during doubles. I'm like, guys, these guys can't play mid game. They're shit. <sighs> they they literally have no mid game macro. They don't know how to play sides at all. We are one of the best mid game teams in the LCO, which I truly believe. Like. You know, it was our early game that was our biggest struggle. But once we got to mid-game, our skirmishes, our team fights, how we played our front-to-back or how we played uh, very complex angles, I think was actually uh, quite advanced. And, you know, I'd I'd say words like, you know, the other team's trash, like, um, you know, in the, in the hope of boosting them up. And Tomasino would do the rest. Like, he was always, like, on Like, he was always on it.
0: Um, we heard that, too, actually, his, yeah.
2: His energy was nuts. His energy was nuts. He's a, he's a great guy and, like... Uh, he would always, you know, try and boost up the other, t- like, our team. And, you know, when someone speaks out, someone gets excited, be like, there you go. He's like,
1: yeah, let's go, Brown. Come on. Um, <laughs> Bloody
0: brand, yeah, Brown, <laughs> I love that shit, man. When someone's yeah, like, "Oh, Brown, he's, like, ranked three right now. He's just been come over. We're just like, fuck yeah, Brown. So every time I saw him and I was talking about yeah. him, it, was just like, they're just, like, calling him by his, his name in game. I'm like, nah, man, that's Brown that's yeah. just my boy brown he's just getting it done
2: i mean even even when goodo came in you know as we substituted out uh, i think halfway through the split like you know goodo would make like a, a same comment as well get pumped up and even chirp towards the end will get pumped up and he's like oh Whoa. shit like chirp who never talks
1: the quiet uh, man, know, the
2: quiet, yeah the quiet man getting pumped up and he would like use that energy and fuel it more mm. so man, that's um, all
1: you you got me hyped up uh, <laughs> i'm smiling
2: I mean, as you're going on dude, it was just it was just again like because that was part of my job in reality which was making sure that everyone is physically and mentally okay also Mm -hmm. means like getting them in a good headspace whether it's after a loss in a series or a game or if it's like after a win like making sure we got our heads screwed on but also like keeping everyone happy so that you know we we do play good league of legends and i think that's what got us to win against star wars that like the mental game Mm -hmm. we knew we're like oh we've got this series like we can lose game one but it's like this, this is not a, you know, this team's not worthy of being top four. Like, we are, you know, top four, top three. I still believe top three. I think we could have beaten Mammoth. That was our fault, that we were the reason we lost games. um But, yeah, I, I think we knew what we were capable of, and I just pushed that up.
0: I do believe that, actually. I think Mammoth, in the same time, was a very well put together roster. But I think Vertex, Vertex had something a little bit different that came fresh to the scene. It was sort of like that bliss in that first split, right? They came in True. out of nowhere and were just like or they, we'll just throw them to the side. We sort of, me and Corby both put our bets in and be like, oh, they'll end up like fifth or sixth. And then they just showed up and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And then when Vestix oh, actually beat uh, Diables, I was just like, yeah, this is a team that can go the distance. This is another Bliss-like like team. But, yeah. but can they compete with Bliss and Chiefs? And that's where I was like, oh, it's... I, I, I thought I, team top four.
2: We didn't think we could. Like, we, we knew that Bliss and Chiefs were the mark, right? Like, if we can take a game off them, We thought, yeah, but we we knew we could beat Mammoth. That's the thing. And that's why they're a little bit disappointed Mm -hmm. because, like, we beat Dials and we're like, we are by far the better team. And there's game two, game three, like, we were the better macro team by far. Even game one, game one was our fault for the loss, I think, as well, which happened to be a theme. Like, we were the makers of our own destiny. And I know some teams, you know, will say the same thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we're the reason we lost. But we truly made errors that lost us the game when we could have just you know played a little bit smarter um and that's why we knew we we thought we we're better than mammoth even though like people are going to be like well you're not because you lost and that's true um i think gameplay wise like if we honed up and, and played maybe the same as game two game three versus dolls we we could have taken that series just as easily so um it's it's still a great first split i mean the fact we got top four in yeah. the first split out of eight teams kind of shows like what styled was working with because he's the one who set up the roster pretty much mm. i had an input in in trials and like you know like oh I, th- I really like this person like we should you know we should look into them more i think they've got a great voice like we should continue working with uh, this player but he at the end was the 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 one who made the final notes on you know who's going to be in the team who's who he wants to work with and like that's the experience of a pro player moving into a coaching role rather than just someone like setting up as a coach, like. He is still, he's still masters, I think, in solo queue, too. Yeah. So it's like the team is so lucky to have a coach like that who has such great insight into the game.
1: True. He still has like the finger on the pulse of the game. Oh, He's yeah. actually working with it. I, I actually mean, it, do think you guys could have beat Mammoth, too. They had a lightning in the bottle win over PGG, which I just yeah, didn't see yeah. coming. Like 2 0 is kind of insane. And so if, it was honestly, it was a bit of a coin flip. Yeah. I think he definitely could have taken a game or won it.
0: At
2: least, but but again, like we didn't, so you know yeah. I can't say we're a better team. I like but I can I can <laughs> say you know at the very least, like we we were competitive for a top three spot, um, in our first split. So I'm um, you know not going to first half of a
1: split, like it yeah, was, yeah. like half of it. It was just yeah, half second half of the year is harder than the first half.
2: True, and and we we had to change our roster around because obviously there was some kind of like there were issues with how people were gelling together. Um, and, you know, we tried, we tried Suman for a little bit and unfortunately, like he, you know, th- there were just some issues there with, um, you know, punctuality and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and, but then, then chirp and direwolves as well, like chirp started popping off towards the end of the split. Like he just found his moment, um, and, you know, kind of showed us why we, we picked him up in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, again, all's well that ends well, um, mm-hmm. See what happens for twenty twenty four spring if I'm still on the roster or still the roster is how it is, who knows?
1: With casting and having to do this extra coaching stuff on the side, how'd you manage to do a work life balance through all that? Um, because
2: casting is like at the moment, especially, like LPL's very ingrained. Like my prep has minimized because I don't have to do as much as I used to. Uh I, you know, like let's say I'm casting three, four days a week. I can't be involved in scrims on the night I'm casting because unfortunately they clash. Like, I would jump into scrims literally in breaks between games and just see what the guys are doing um, and then jump back onto the LPL. Uh, I would, you know, like, I I spent, I think, a good six nights, uh, maybe sometimes seven of this split, uh, just, you know, being involved with Vertex and LPL at the same time and doing scheduling. It wasn't, like, overbearing because I guess... You know, I was in the position where Styled was where like he spent more time on the team because he had a more full-time role. Like he had to, you know, set up drafts. He had to theory craft a lot more. He had to have more involvement with the, you know, um, with the scrims directly. Like he had to be there. Uh, Whereas for me, like I could pop in and out because I was still working with the players, Hmm. you know, through um, DMs and like, you know, my, my input wasn't as important as his. That's just the reality. So... Yeah, I, I think the balance was fine because LCO also had a really short split. It was only a month. Like, it, it didn't go for long at all. And we had one series a week. Super Week, we had two series. And that was it. But it's not, it's not really that intense when you consider that LPL runs seven days a week. And we had three series every day for this split of seven weeks because it was a shortened split for, <laughs> for LPL as well because of Asia Games. So, mm. like, that was by far the more excruciating thing to go through because of time. Uh, rather than sure. coaching. I had heaps of that.
1: Is the time difference that different from Australia to LPL time? No, it's in... With,
2: is it when we're in daylight savings? No, yeah, I think it's when we're in daylight savings. It's three hours. Oh, okay, uh, so it's not bad at all. No, it's two hours currently though. So right now it's, it's 5 p.m., just coming up to 5 p.m. Uh, China time because China has one time zone. So
1: yeah, it's the same. Okay, so when, oh. it's, when it's the 7 p.m. game, it's 7 p.m. their time, not
2: ours. Yeah. Yeah, so, seven, uh, no, sorry, 7 p.m. our time because it starts at 5 p.m. So LPL's oh, okay. about Two to start in ahead. three minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: So, so LPL's about to start in about three minutes, so that's 5 p.m. their time. Right. It's Perth. Perth, whatever time Perth is in, China.
1: Uh, they're Perth. All right. <laughs> they're literally China,
2: on yeah. Perth.
0: China and Perth are very interchangeable. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, even though it's massive, you always look at China and you just go, it's one time zone. Even though if you zoom out and you actually look at the... I don't know if they call them Meridian Lines or whatever. The I think that's exactly across. what they're called. Okay, but wow, that's, that's a first of me. But <laughs> they're, they're across like five time zones. It's insane. Like, mm. you know, if you go all the way to west of China, it'll probably still be daylight at like 8pm, I think, or 9pm because the time zone is so advanced.
0: Mm. That's sick. Yeah, um, damn, I want to go to China so bad.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Speaking I, of good vibes. Energy, man. Uh, how how do you like keep energy up on broadcast, especially being like not in studio and stuff like that? You said it was a little bit weird, a little bit yeah. hard, especially in a comfy environment. How how do you go about like keeping that up? Now that's
2: that's a hard one because like that is the thing I struggle with the most because a lot of the time I'll be sitting. I sit here like I don't do standing because I lost the the thing for my standing desk, so I can't raise it even if I wanted to. Uh, <laughs>
1: the but remote's gone
2: the, it's <laughs> literally are. the pole is gone and i've, I've tried to go to office works and be like hey do you have the replacement and they go we can't sell it individually um so i should just get a new jet. but it's like a 500 table i don't know um so but-
1: now it's a 500 <laughs> piece of wood with sticks <laughs> yeah that's
2: right lost its value <laughs> uh but anyway I, I um i struggle with energy because you don't have that face-to-face rapport with a co-caster you don't have that same like comfort of Mm. you know being able to look at someone and like do handoffs and signals and all that kind of crap um it's not the same as studio work like it is completely different and that's why you know like doing spring finals lpl finals like in person like it's a big rush because it's like holy crap there's so much more energy naturally you're a lot more excited um also having a crowd behind you is insane yeah you know having a setup you don't have to worry about like the problem is, this is also my personal space too. It's like this is work-life balance that doesn't exist because the computer's used for work. It's used for you know gaming as well outside of that. So where, where's the balance? So yeah, it's something I really struggle with. I just have to kind of push myself and rely on the series being great, which a lot of the time they are. That's a good thing. If LPL wasn't so hype, I think I'd be I think I'd be bored dead.
1: Mm. At least some sleeper fifty minute bangers here. Yeah. Not, not 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 just shitting on LCO. Oh, okay, a little bit, but like not shitting yeah. on LCO. But there's definitely some sleeper games that I know yeah. even the casters at the end of the day are like, whew, that was this long."
2: Yeah, <laughs> where well, they're so one-sided. I mean, a lot of the LCO games I watch this split, like they're just over it. You know, twenty-one, twenty-two minutes. Yeah, because one team is just so much better. That's the problem. The the level of skill in LCO, like it's bliss chiefs, and then everyone falls off a cliff. Like even we 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 fell off a cliff in comparison to them because even in like you know Team Bliss were a monster in scrims yeah right um like they were they were insane um that scary and, yeah you know, I can't like, speak
1: to scrim results but definitely on stage their performance was insane
2: yeah and even though they didn't win finals like still you know they still are the second best team handedly um mm-hmm. but yeah I I'd struggle with you know LCO because like unless you have a good laugh about it and they are in studio so it does make it easier but if if you were doing it from home, like I would I would struggle with casting some of those games. Hot damn. I'd I'd wanna back out.
1: Yep. All right. Well, we're In getting there. close to the end. So we have a couple of questions. Do you wanna pick some up, Pike? Me?
0: Why not? Yeah, man. I guess. There's we're... a
1: bunch there. Pick a couple. Pick a couple. We have heaps.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I like this one, because it's actually good for me as well. Again, I'm gonna start getting selfish with my questions now that we've got a Less mm-hmm. time. Um, how do you handle criticism and feedback? Um, and how do you use it to improve your performance?
2: Um, I always have an open mind, like I try to unless it's just non-constructive. The difference between getting feedback and getting abused mm. is how constructive it is. You're a shit caster versus you're a shit caster because you never let your co caster speak is like, oh, actually, a little bit harsh, but I can take away the second part because that's constructive criticism. Mm. That betters me. Right? And so all I need to do is go, well, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna f- fucking I'll take that on board. I'm gonna write that down somewhere. And essentially, next cast, like I'm actually gonna work on that as a goal because someone spent enough time to write a message saying, I don't like this caster, or, you know, here's what I think you can do better, that'll make my viewership experience better. Mm and so that's, I take that on board. So it's really important. Like I always tell people like, you know, no matter what, you shouldn't be reading things like chat while casting, or you shouldn't be like, you know, your involvement should be on the game you're commentating. But afterwards, like I used to watch VODs with Twitch chat afterwards, because I'd go through and someone would be like, oh, why is this caster's, you know, mic audio so bad or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, well, that's something to raise with production. That's good constructive criticism. Mm. Why is this caster, you know, like he's so high, high on energy all the time. Like, He never calms down it's like oh man this is great it's a gold mine we are in a very great industry where like we're so lucky to have our audience directly giving us feedback where we're not like you know commentating the cricket and doing a shit job and then we have to hear through like word of mouth or something or people in forums like we get live feedback at the point of the video that we are commentating on
1: double-edged sword that but i mean you're taking it the most positive way possible
2: if you can if like this is the thing there's been people in the past that have been so like hate filled to people that give them that feedback and i've said to them like you need to step away don't look at audience feedback then because if they can't take the the constructive criticism wherever it lies which might be the the 1 to 5% out of all negativity aimed at you then you need to not look at any because it's not worth you getting that involved and like lashing out at the community i can take some of the negative feedback like people just say i'm shit and i'll be like oh, i don't give a fuck who who is that person anyway? Who cares? Because that's not feed that's not constructive feedback. They're they're a peasant. And then I you know, I and then I look at the people who give me constructive criticism like they call me shit, but they gave me something valuable that benefits me and cast. Thank you. You know, I'll say thank you to those people because I'll be like, Thank you, I appreciate that. And I've had people who've come back and be like, I oh, I really appreciate how you worked on your casting in this aspect, you know, after my feedback. Doesn't I mean I have to appeal everyone, but like if I find it constructive, if I find it useful, then hell yeah, I'm gonna And do something about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's that's I love that. That's exactly what I want to do as well.
2: Before you get to the next question, do you want to say I'm I'm cooking a tomahawk in the oven. I'm reverse searing it. Do you want me to get it?
1: Yeah, ma'am.
0: Yeah. Just casually cooking a tomahawk. The reverse
1: searing a tomahawk reverse okay it's way. not cooking at this stage it's no. artistry oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay it's it's complete. it's it's a method level. the All umami level. of the steak
0: i've also i don't know if you can hear but i've got the best question lined up as the random question of the night <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, you want to say oh that, you can look, hear look, okay
2: look at this i got
1: Hey, hey. Oh, oh yeah oh. tilt it more let it fall on your keyboard yeah, tilt yeah. it a little bit more for I'm me not do-
0: i'm not doing the bloody what's his face <laughs> yeah hang big on big ass fucking steak though yeah that's it that's a-
2: for me the missus is out so that's I'll-
1: a capital t tomahawk man damn
2: a- a melbourne coffee rub is some kind of spice thing i got <laughs> all, all right. right
1: okay all right hey, put a Mister, ring on it what Mister the hell <laughs> Jesus, i made two-minute noodles for dinner. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Damn. Wait, no, Grandma didn't make anything?
1: No, because uh, my well, my dinner is at 6, and we record at 6. So I'm like, Grandma, I'm not eating. And she's like, and I'm like, I'm I'll give myself two-minute noodles.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel bad now. I could have made it like 7.
1: But... I don't know. Well, I mean, he probably wants to watch the LPL as well, and yeah. I kind of want to watch probably... the LPL now because we've been talking about it.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to.
1: I got to stream, and I got to cook my two-minute noodles. My night is jam-packed. Oh,
0: mate, two minutes out of your whole stream and LPL. <laughs> I don't know. What you're I having. know. <laughs> All right, I've foiled it, and I'm back. Oh, um, that's my man. I think the last last thing I think we want to end on, like that high note of like casting as well, because that is one of the reasons we brought you on. Um, lastly, what advice would you give to aspiring commentators who are passionate about League of Legends and want to pursue casting uh, a career in esports casting, particularly? In a PBP role.
2: Uh, get started. Like the first thing. And the way you get started is just start recording. Everyone said this for a, a very solid reason. Like the, the, the art of doing and taking action is the best way to learn. And then, you know, comparing yourself to other casters. What did I do poorly in this cast? Like review. It's like how people, you know, how do people climb solo queue? Well, they do it. They get started. You know, like how do you start playing ranked in League of Legends? Start playing ranked record it review it and then look at what you're doing wrong learn by looking at some professionals and then see how you can be better and then apply that for your next game casting's the exact same thing mm. and so like if people aren't doing it if they're just sitting there being like oh I want to be a caster but they're not actually casting it it's like well then what's the point you know yep. when I was up and coming like I would do practice casts with people even in the off season, even if there was like three months with no work mm. you know I'd work with casters that I I knew were passionate about it as well, and they would help me develop my own school skills while I helped them develop theirs. That's also improved my own skills, Mm. like I was saying with teaching before. So Mm. just literally get started and start looking at other casters and compare and record it and, like, show people and get them to give you feedback. And, you know, there's things like... I've I've got the Patreon for a reason. Like, obviously, I've been teaching people casting for a while, um, and I looked at this and I'm like, well, I should monetize it because you know, I keep telling people the same stuff and they're not listening. And so I want to work with people who like are willing to go that far to continue learning rather than asking me the same question in DMS or like giving me a full VOD link of two hours, uh, in Twitter,
0: oh, short, sharp. And that's so, what you said.
2: Oh man. I just, it bothers me so much, but <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I have programs like this so that people can be in a community too. They can talk to each other, then cast with each other. Mm. Um, and they can also, you know, help inspire each other and learn from each other mm. because at the end of the day, that's that's a really good environment to have. So surround your people with surround yourself with people who also want to learn mm. the craft.
0: Yeah. Awesome. There you go. Now th- that does bring us to the end, but if you have you watched any of our episodes before hysterics?
2: I, I'm you can guilty, guilty say no. and i I have not.
0: Okay, that's fine. That's actually good though, because even Corvey doesn't know what little old Papa Pike likes to do at the end of the show. I like to throw out a random question completely mm. from the, the abyss of my mind that has no relevance in any human conversation. So nice. Sterex, this is the question I have for you. It's also for Corby and he always gets really concerned at this. I can see this little smile just sort of crawling across his face. Smiley man. If you had to <laughs> purely based off your own aesthetic, be an aquatic animal, what aquatic animal would you be?
2: Oh, God, it's, it's just molten. like what
0: the fuck! <laughs> like purely aesthetic, like your looks, like your hair color, everything. Like if you were like, oh, I I look like a jellyfish. Bro, just... that's what I'm a, I'm a
2: shit swimmer, so this is the hard one. No, if you, you had have any... to be
0: a, you are this animal now. You're not a human anymore, but purely no. off, off aesthetics.
2: Uh, I have to be in the water though.
0: Yes. Yeah, you no, are... well,
1: you're a fish, so
2: I I think I I would I love oh, I love a good bait. I'd be an anglerfish with the light like, in the depth fish. of the sea. Because, man, how dumb are some fish to fucking look for that light and then boom.
0: I like it. it. That's a good answer. Corby, what would you be?
1: I found one here that I really like. Mm. It's called the Australian Schmelt. The Schmelt? (laughs) I am a Schmelt. Like a toasted
2: cheese or
1: what? Well, it's Australian Melt, but I put the the C and H in it. It's Australian S-Melt. Smelt. Australian smelt fish. Australian smelt. What does it look like? It, does it look like you? <laughs> it's a little boy. It's a little boy.
0: Oh my God. I actually, because of the randomness of the question, I haven't had a chance to think about what I'd be.
1: Um, that are a rainbow trout? A, <laughs> a rainbow, trout. rainbow trout.
0: <laughs> so, like a, a nice Atlantic salmon sounds pretty good. But, oh, well, yeah. they're red as well, actually. I'm pretty red. That could work. I'm trying to think of red fish. Maybe like an angel fish.
1: The smelt yeah. is actually orange. <laughs> I've <I'm> today <laughs> <I'm> learned. <laughs> crazy. <about that. laughs> oh wow.
0: Maybe I'd be like a moray eel or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like that'd be kind of, that's kind of cool. You can get red All moray they're eels. They're they're pretty mm. dope. Oh, you know. Okay, to fuck that. You know what I'm gonna be? I'm a lobster, baby. I'm a freshly cooked oh, lobster, ready to go. Oh, on true. Your Why would plate? I not be a crab? That's what oh I'm my saying. God. A aquatic animal, man. It's not a fish. You could be anything. You could be a dolphin. Uh, you could be a fuck, shark. I changed my
2: answer. I'd be a crab. I'm a crab. Sure What type of crab,
0: though?
2: You'll <laughs> be specific? Um, uh, I don't know. Mud crab. A mud crab. Yeah, mud crab. What
0: about names? You're a crab fan. Name three crabs. <laughs> there's, the, there's the deep sea spider crab. There's the mud crab. There's the king crab. There is also, yep. uh, I'm just a
1: smell enjoyer. What can I say?
0: <laughs> there's other cool crabs. Lobster is a kind of a crab, but no, we won't worry about that. Uh, well, there you <laughs> go guys. That's my fun, well my fun filled uh, question for the end of the night. Thank you so much hysterics for coming onto the podcast. My it's pleasure, been an on. absolute honor having you on. Um, any last shout outs before we go?
2: Um. No, I mean, I've already plugged the Patreon a couple of times. You guys have <laughs> done it once for me as well um Thanks, if the link somewhere that's great like that's please join any feedback while we're going on this magical journey would be nice but um if anyone's really serious about casting i implore you to have a little bit of a look outside of that um just twitter that's what i'm on i have an instagram but i don't post anything on it like i'm not a picture person but i, t- I tweet out random shit so don't worry you're yeah, that's a beautiful crab Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Thank thanks, you, mate, for, uh, yeah. thanks, thanks for, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks
0: for coming out. We'll see you next week. We have a cool guest again coming at you. Fingers crossed if Corby can make it. But until then, guys, we'll see you on the next adventure. <laughs> I'm just catching strays. <laughs>